0: Welcome to the Life Self Mastery Podcast, where we bring in entrepreneurs who have created online businesses and improved their lifestyles. Here's your host, Rohit Malhotra.
1: this is Rohit from Life in Austria. I'm excited to have Norman Crowley as a serial entrepreneur, having started and sold three businesses for over three quarters of a billion dollars before he was 40. In 2010, he founded his fourth business, Crowley Carbon, which has established itself as a rapidly scaling global leader in energy and solar services. It has offices in over 10 countries around the world and has a workforce in access of 200 employees. He said probably Carbon, because he wanted to set up a business that made a real change in addressing the global climate issue and driven by a real passion for cooling the planet. Welcome to the show, Norman.
0: Thanks. Good to be here. Yeah.
1: Awesome. So, you know, uh, how, how did you get your start in, in, in startups and, uh, you know, uh, how, how did you go about starting your companies?
0: Uh, yeah, I did my first startup when I was 15. So that's kind of 35 years ago um and i um you know i grew up in quite a poor family uh and ireland at the time was quite a poor country um and so i guess it was just a desire always to you know to have some money and have some freedom and and so when i was about 14 my dad taught me how to weld and then i set up a welding business when i was 15 and sold that when i was 20. Uh, i've always loved software and so even when i was kind of 14-15 i used to write software on a computer on a pretty simple computer Um, and so then got into software uh, and built a software company in my 20s Um, and that was the beginning of the kind of entrepreneurial journey i guess and the journey is still going yeah
1: yeah i think that's that's very interesting and uh, you know, I, I think crowded uh, carbon uh, it uses sensors in buildings to uh, to detect issues with no energy efficiency. So what got you interested in climate change and why do you want to solve the problem?
0: Yeah, during the 2000s, um, we had a gaming software business in London and um, we also were looking to set up a... Um, you know, we were we were looking at other business opportunities as well. And um, I bumped into a guy called George Polk. And George was obsessed with climate change when very few people were. And he would invite me over to dinner in his house. And he would get scientists to come and present. Um, and just over a period of time, got to realize that this was an existential problem. Um, and that, uh, you know, that nobody was looking at it. And also and realized that business had a part to play, that a lot of people that were involved were scientists, and sometimes scientists aren't that good at solving kind of commercial problems. And that's where business is very good. Um, And so I felt quite strongly that progress could be made by taking it out of the hands of scientists and putting it into the hands of business people more. Um, And so then in 2008, when we sold um, that gaming software company, I guess... We we knew that we weren't going to retire. Um, and so what we did was we decided to set up this company and and the, the mission was to make money but also to do good in the area of climate change. And in the last couple of years, you know, it started off with energy efficiency and sensors and buildings, but now has broadened out into what we call Cool Planet Group, um, which is involved in the three major problems that Climate change has, or are are the three major areas that um, you know that need to be worked on to solve climate change?
1: Correct, and um, uh, uh, so is is uh, is the company also a SaaS product, or is it? uh... Yeah,
0: so there there are three divisions now. Back to those three areas that cause climate change. So if you can solve the three things, which are energy, transport, food, then effectively you've solved climate change. So um, and we, so the three pillars we work on are energy, transport, and food. So energy is Crowley Carbon, as you highlighted. And Crowley Carbon's main product is what's called Clarity. And Clarity is a software as a service product. And it mainly works in factories mainly and in buildings as well. And what we do is we deploy lots of sensors. And then we um, have a machine learning layer, artificial intelligence layer, and we derive intelligence for um, the, the people who own the factories and the people who own the buildings. And the net effect of that is quite phenomenal because the world wastes $3 trillion a year in energy. So we, in primary energy, we pull out of the ground about $4 trillion a year in energy and we waste uh, three quarters of that, basically. And so what the software does is it highlights that waste in real time. And so for our biggest customer, which is a food company, we save them about $100 million a year in energy that would otherwise have been wasted. Um, And it's the classic kind of Internet of Things um, platform. It's sold in the classic SaaS way of, you know, lots of webinars, lots of um, online marketing and tracking. Um, and then we've got ancillary businesses around that, as you said, that does do solar projects um, and and do other things like balancing the grid, all of that kind of thing. So everything to do with renewables. Um, and then, so that's our energy businesses. Um, and then about, Two, three years ago, we got into transport and we were fascinated with the electric vehicle revolution. But because we looked at transport in 2019, a lot of the money had been already invested in people like Tesla and and people like that. And we felt to catch up with Tesla would just take too long and we didn't have the expertise. Um, And so we looked at the market and if you think about the transport market, it's a one point four um there are one point four billion vehicles in the world. I know I counted all of them <laughs> <laughs> and um and they're being replaced at about sixty million vehicles a year and of those sixty million vehicles, only a tiny percentage, about three or four percent are electric so it's just going to take too long basically to Transform the world to electric. If you're relying on new vehicles, um, and so we noticed that there was a significant opportunity in retrofitting specialist vehicles. And so, a specialist vehicle could be anything from a mining support vehicle through to, you know, a fire engine. Um, and so, what Electrify does is it it does that basically. It um, it it converts vehicles, uh, specialist vehicles, to electric, and that could be anything from um, you know, uh, like I say, a support vehicle all the way through to a classic car. So the thing we've become quite famous for is converting very sexy classic cars to electric. But the core business is actually in support vehicles. Um, and then the amazing thing that we learned when we were working on that is if you're if you're electrifying something like um, a very big vehicle, then the batteries in the vehicle can be as big as like a half a megawatt, you know, of batteries. And then the opportunity you have with that is to help balance the grid. Um, because when you have a lot of renewables coming on the grid, then you need a lot of storage. And why not use something like a bus or a support vehicle as a grid balancer? And there's a significant opportunity in that area. So that allowed us to marry our electrical side to our um you know, to our our um, transport business, and then the final thing that we're doing is a startup in the food area. So, food, principally meat, is the other big problem in climate change, and the big revolutionary technology. So, if you look at revolutionary technologies in the space, you think about solar and wind and battery are the revolutionary technologies of energy. Electrification and hydrogen are the revolutionary technologies of transport. So if if that's true, then what is the revolutionary technology in food? And the answer is something that people know very little about is cellular agriculture or precision fermentation. And that's the ability to um, take an animal cell, whether it's a a chicken cell or a, a, a pork cell from a pig, and photocopy it uh, in a bioreactor. So basically, create your own burger, right? and that's a startup that we're working on. But that's the next revolutionary technology. So they're yeah. the three pillars, and and that's how they work together.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, I think uh, this is super super interesting. And uh, you know, just to go back to clarity, uh, you know, can you tell us what are the cost of the product, and uh, you know, how much money have you raised to, to fund the business?
0: Um, we've raised probably at this stage about um, to date probably about forty million to fund a business over the last gradually over the last ten years. And um, the cost of the product varies depending, but it, as a SaaS product, it's probably at the more expensive end. So, um, re- recurring wise, every year for a factory, it's probably about twenty thousand dollars. Could be up to fifty thousand dollars per year. And that's because it's related to the amount of sensors that we're recording. So we could be recording up to 60,000 sensors in a factory. So it's priced related to how many sensors it's connected to. And it's also priced. One of the things that we did early on is we're willing to put our money where our mouth is. So if, if you want, we're happy to do what's called shared savings, which is just give us a slice of the money we're saving you on a, on a daily basis. And we're really happy with that. So it can be, it can be free. Yeah.
1: Mailman is an email assistant that shields you from unimportant emails, minimizing interruptions, and making your days calmer and more productive. You can visit MailmanHQ.com and use the code LSM, uh, which gives you the benefit of 15% off for the first year on the annual plan, uh, which already has 20% discounted compared to the monthly plan. So you can visit MailmanHQ.com and use the code LSM. Uh, and, and when it comes to Electrify, uh, how, how much are you selling the cars for? Uh?
0: In, yeah, it depends on the car, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but it's not, it's not cheap. Like We do a lot of high-end classic cars, and they can be anything up from $100,000 right up to a million dollars. And then um, really, though, where we're leading that business is, is the, what we call VAS or EVAS, which is Energy or Vehicle as a Service. And so if you're a mining company or if you're a transport company, then we won't sell you the vehicle. We'll just give you the vehicle and you pay us on a monthly basis. And then we handle everything to do with that vehicle. So grid services, you know, we, we negotiate with the grid on the on your behalf and we sell its battery capacity to the grid when you're not driving it. So it's much it's very similar to SaaS, actually, is ultimately where we're going. Um, where everything is just as a service, yeah.
1: And and do you manufacture your own batteries and uh, you know source out your own products?
0: Um, we don't. We manufacture the level we go to is battery pack. Um, so the cells are made by mainly Chinese companies. Um, and a bit from tesla and then we build at a pack level so we design our own packs and then get those packs safety tested and then everything from the cell all the way up to the vehicle we do yeah
1: got it. and you know uh from, from your journey it looks like you know you've moved on from one industry to another especially mm-hmm. from gaming to electrify and all that now, how do you how do you look at uh, the learning frameworks for the new topics how do you, how do you construct when it comes to learning about new new things?
0: Yeah. Um, Well, I think part of being happy as an entrepreneur over a long period of time, in my case, kind of 35 years and and will hopefully be another (laughs) 10, 20, 30, the only way you can keep going as an entrepreneur is if you get excited about, you know, learning, right? If you're curious, like, I didn't know anything about grid to vehicle, vehicle to grid, you know six months ago, and now we're developing significant expertise in that, and how we do that is we read a lot ourselves personally as executives um but then we have a strategy group, so we would read personally about a space like vehicle to grid, then we would learn a little bit ourselves, and then we'd get our strategy team now that we have we operate at a bigger scale, we have a strategy team, and they research the strategy of it and then the next level is we decide whether we're going to build that in-house or whether it's too late and we have to acquire a business um, or we would do a partnership or a joint venture. So there's a fork in the road, which is like learning, hand it over to strategy, strategy, decide whether it's worth doing or not. Then how do we get into this space? Are we buying a business? Are we partnering with somebody or are we building in-house? And then, so there's a kind of formula now for how we get into that space. But, as an executive or an entrepreneur, the underlying happiness of being an entrepreneur is directly linked to learning new stuff as opposed to just, I know a lot of successful entrepreneurs who just do exactly the same thing for 30, 40 years. I'm not one of those. Yeah.
1: Yeah, Very interesting. And uh, when it comes to making, uh, you know, about your decision-making process, how how do you make, you know, head to heart uh, decisions? Do do you look into data when you, we're
0: looking into into making decisions um, i make a, a heart decision first and um, or a gut decision i kind of go this sounds like an exciting space and something we should be in then our strategy group make a head decision so they okay. um they decide um what are the economics of it work um and then our board ultimately make the combination of a head and heart decision which is they take a strategic view, which is, um, is there too much going on right now? Maybe we should pause this, uh, you know, or else, no, we're going to do it even though there's too much on just because the opportunity is so large. Yeah. So it's a, it's not just me. It's the, you know, it's that mixture of my heart, the strategy team's ability to do economics mixed with the board's ability to see the entire landscape.
1: Right. Interesting. And, um, you, you know, uh, before the call, you mentioned you, uh, you've been traveling, but now you're working remotely. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, what, what are some of the strategies that you've used in past year or so for, for you to enable uh, working remotely? Remote? With, you know, more than, yeah.
0: yeah. In SaaS and in vehicle as a service, it's been a massive change because before, COVID, we would just jump on a plane. We would jump on a plane for anything, right? Like if we right. there was a meeting, we'd just jump on a plane. And, and <laughs> we could go to we could go to Mumbai or we could go to San Francisco just for a couple of meetings. And that was really stupid in hindsight. Um so in the COVID time of the last kind of 12, 18 months, we've completely transformed the business. So now all of it happens online first, no matter how senior. Like we've signed up two of the most famous car designers in the world, one in America and one in London. And I haven't met either. And yet now we have substantial contractual relationships with them. So I think now from now on, it'll take a lot of effort to get me out of our office, right? Because you can do almost anything. And we, internally, we say it's 80%. Like if you're going for a couple of beers with somebody, it's 80% as good doing it on Zoom, right? As it is in a bar, because there are pluses and minuses, right? If you're in a bar, there's a good buzz, but then as the evening gets late, how are you going to get home? Um, The other disadvantage of a bar is you can't have a conversation with somebody um, in Mumbai and somebody else in London, whereas on Zoom you can, right? So, Everything that's not as good, there is a counter argument that it's equally as good. Um, And so more and more, we're just going to stay in one place. And if we're going to travel, we're going to travel for longer periods of time. So we're doing some car shows in the US with some new vehicles uh, in August. um, And normally we would just go there for a week, but now we're actually going there for eight weeks and we're going to do West Coast, East Coast. um, And similarly, if we're going to do Asia, We'll do a protracted period of time in Asia, so it's it's changed everything fundamentally. Um, I think, yeah,
1: very interesting. And um, do you think business travel will really go down uh, in the next couple of years, especially when it comes to transportation? Do you think uh, it's going to significantly impact uh, the
0: climate change? Yeah, I think it's going to drop by about fifty percent. Um, and and I think if it doesn't drop by fifty percent, then we as entrepreneurs have failed because my biggest worry is that now that it's starting to come back in Europe, um, is that we will waste a lot of time. Like even our office is like 10 minutes drive from where I am now, my home. And I I even worry now about the 20-minute round trip to the office. Like, what am I doing that for? Right. And mm-hmm. even that every day, never mind. Like we would have guys in our UK business that would commute 90 minutes each way every day. Like just a waste is shocking. You know, never mind even European flights or internal flights in somewhere like India, like like just a waste of that time compared to like 40 minutes on a Zoom call, you know. And <laughs> so, yeah, we're doing something wrong if it goes back to normal. Yeah.
1: Right. Interesting. And, uh, uh, you know, uh, what are some of the biggest challenges of scaling the team remotely, uh, considering that, you know, you scaled up considerably in the last uh, uh, year or yeah.
0: so? we we haven't seen anything like we've hired um people remotely some amazing hires um and they like the things you have to do are like we would have done quarterly all hands meetings and now those meetings are monthly on zoom um and then you have to really upgrade your kind of wellness programs your mental health programs all of that but a lot of that should have happened anyway looking back on it you know and there you know there are so many tools everything from linkedin learning all the way through to our own bespoke wellness programs that we've put into place um and they've been easy to put into place as well and cost effective so yeah you've had to change quite a lot but our teams have done that quite naturally because they're taking feedback from The team and what the team need and then putting that in place. And a lot of it is external programs that are of a high quality, but we've had to build some of our own as well. But even like, you know, you might say, well, it's easy to hire online, but then what happens if a candidate doesn't work out? But actually, we've fired online too, right? Um, And that's been okay, right? Because it's much easier to see in the in the digital world whether somebody is delivering or not right because there's a lot less distraction about other things um so i think it has been a, a shot in the arm to a lot of the things that should have happened anyway
1: to have an interesting stat for you to you know that the founder of beautiful lives Increase the social media presence by 10x, they managed to publish consistently and effortlessly using a robust social media management tool called Social Pilot. Social Pilot is a cost-effective social media tool that helps businesses scale their social media marketing efforts. Use lifestylemastery.com slash social pilot to get a 14-day free trial. Dominic, I want to go back to the energy business. You know what impact has COVID crisis had on you know energy uh, transition?
0: It's been it's been good and bad, right? We we had a projects for us. We had a projects business that we had to shut down because it's very hard to do projects in the middle of COVID. Um, so from our own business, that's hurt us a little bit. But it's more than been made up for in the increase in SaaS revenue. For the wider energy business, there's a couple of violent things that are happening. The price of renewable energy has dropped dramatically. Um, the pressure on corporations to be more green, actually, rather than just make, you know, greenwashing, making up stories about it, has been profound and continues to be profound. Um, So, you know, everything from oil companies getting into trouble and they're still in trouble. um, When we look back on this time, I think we'll realize that it has fast-tracked the energy transition quite dramatically, you know? And some of that is in people's heads too, you know? like. I think COVID is a wake-up call about the way we were living, Um, and we're certainly seeing more pressure on corporations to be more focused on ESG, more focused on climate, more all of that than they ever were before. And that's kind of counter to what you might think, because what you might think is that people got so busy just trying to survive as corporations during this time that they didn't have time to do anything green. But actually, the opposite is true.
1: And, and uh, yeah, uh, you know, one of, one of the biggest emitters of uh, carbon dioxide has been oil and gas companies. Do you think yeah. the, the entire transition to electric cars, especially when it comes to the um, commercial vehicles, it's going to happen in the next 10 years or so?
0: Um, it will, yeah. So we have a radical view, which is that by 2030, climate change will be largely solved. Mm-hmm. Um, and the reason we and that's not just craziness, like we have data to back up that statement. The reason we think that is because energy, massive migration to SWB, solar wind battery, that's happening now. It's happening. You cannot get a coal plant funded outside of China at the moment f- for any reason. So um, mm-hmm. so solar wind and battery are just going to get better, faster, Um Then electrification of transport. Um, We're working with a bus company at the moment and the bus company has moved everything to hydrogen transport from they don't they barely make a diesel bus anymore. So all of that is happening in transport and that's going to go everywhere, air travel, you name it. And then the whole food, cellular agriculture. is going to happen way faster than people think it's going to happen. Um, And there's a book that there's an 80 page book that is, you can download for free and it's called Rethinking Humanity. um, And it's by a UK think tank called Rethink X. And it is the most profound and fantastic read. um, And it describes this transition and it describes the numbers um, around it as well. Um, and it's uh, it's completely changed our investment thesis. Um, and the reason for that is because we can see the numbers in that rethink X report are quite dramatic and people would be inclined not to believe them but actually we can see with our corporate clients that they are being impacted in the same way as the book predicts right and therefore that causes us to believe it much more than probably other people would.
1: Interesting. Uh, we'll, we'll put in that in the in the show notes. Um, I quickly want to do the top three. What's your favorite business book?
0: Um. Yeah. Um, well, mixture of business and personal. Um, David Goggins' book "Can't Hurt Me" is probably the best book in terms of just, um, uh, you know, a fantastic read uh, about how tough you need to be in business and also personally. Um, the other one is the latest one, um, by, uh, about SpaceX. I particularly loved, um, I think I can check it there, what it's called, but it's, it's just brilliant about, um, you know, uh, and we can, we can put it in the show notes, um, as I scroll through uh, "Liftoff," it's called, um, which is just a fantastic book. If you're into things green, um, "Blowout" by Rachel Maddow is the best book I've ever read about oil, the history of oil, and why it's completely fucked. Yeah, so
1: I'll put that put that in the show notes. And you know, if you could go back in time when you when you started working on uh, Carbon trolley, well, uh, what is the one thing you would have focused on or done anything differently?
0: I guess I'd have trust my gut a lot more in the beginning rather than just listening to other people. Uh, you have to listen to everybody, but I think trusting your own gut is better. And then also there's the thing I misunderstood grossly in the beginning is, is the kind of minding yourself. Right. So now like, you know, I watch, I meditate quite a lot. I, um i watch my diet quite a lot i'm a big keto head exercise quite rigorously every single day so these are things that if you're not fit to do the job um then you're not fit to do the job you know and that's your mind it's your body and you're if you're not doing those things you're just deluding yourself you know and and at the moment like we we can comfortably uh do 18 hours of zoom calls one every 30 minutes right and the reason mm-hmm. that we can do that is because we're fit for purpose but and that means our mind is capable of doing it and our bodies are capable of doing it um and like i'm 50 you know so um but if you're not and i, I would going back i wouldn't i would have done that a lot earlier in my life you know jacko willink the famous special forces guy says discipline equals freedom um and it's very true you
1: know um yeah no, absolutely i think uh, have, uh absolutely right discipline equals freedom and uh, do you have any favorite online tools? for example gmail slack Zoom.
0: uh say that again
1: yeah Sorry. do you have any, uh, any favorite online tools? for example gmail slack
0: Zoom. uh i hate them all equally <laughs> yeah um, Gmail, I, we use Gmail, I hate it, um, because you can't find any emails with it. Um, it's a constant source of pain. And then we generally use the G Suite, and I would term it as being just about good enough. Yeah. <laughs> so, no, we don't have perfect tools. We're trying out a couple of things at the moment. We're trying out MEM or, uh, for note-taking. It's okay, you know, we're trying out lots of things, but Slack we found was good but not amazing. Salesforce is too complicated. We like HubSpot, you know, but I know there's still plenty of opportunity to build tools, I feel. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Got it. And uh, Norman what is the best way people can reach out to you and know more about your company?
0: Um follow me on Twitter. I'm Norman Crowley 1. Um, so that's C R O W L E Y the number 1. Norman Crowley 1. Uh, and then Cool Planet Group. If you Google us, our website's pretty good, and that kind of thing. And then our on the on the um, energy side, SaaS side, our uh, our marketing team are very strong. They've got webinars and and videos. It's really brilliant, actually. Great resource about energy and all of that. Yeah. Or
1: put out in the show thank you so much for taking your time and speaking to us. I Thanks really enjoy my time with you. Thanks.